0: self-reflection brings us to a place of honesty before the Lord. Um, and then repentance is like, man, I don't want to live here. I actually want something better for my life. I need help. I'm not okay. I don't have it all together. I don't have what it takes. You're listening to the chopping block, a weekly podcast from city life church, where we have short informal conversations about the Bible and the meaning it has for our lives. If you didn't get the chance to catch last week's sermon, I'd recommend going back and giving it a listen so that you can pick up with us where the sermon left off.
1: All right, good morning and welcome back to the chopping block. We should have a... Yeah, I wish we had some sound effects. Andy, I think it's going to get over freezing in Wichita, Kansas today. The
0: high today is 37 It's That is going to
1: feel balmy after this weekend word is balmy
0: tomorrow it gets up to 38
1: and then it goes watch back out folks to a high of 20.
0: watch out friday saturday is back
1: bring out your light jackets for tomorrow back low <laughs> okay we've done our weather report on the chopping block and now we're back to talking about sermons the gospel and jesus uh we we jump back into our sermon series on the book of Ma- the gospel of matthew this last week and, and we were in chapter three. Andy you preached on John the Baptist his ministry from verses 1 through 12. you know John the Baptist is, is this forerunner for Jesus who's sent to uh, as the prophet Isaiah prophesied, prepare the way for the Lord, prepare the way for the coming of the Christ. Uh, make his path straight. I think I said straight, make his path straight. And, uh, you know, John is baptizing people. He's preaching. He's this eccentric guy in the wilderness. And lots of people from around the area are coming to him. They're confessing sin. They're being baptized. They're hearing his teaching. And you kind of approach this text by saying, hey, this, like, revival is, is happening. As as John is preaching, his ministry is happening. People are experiencing a work of God in their lives. And that is preparing the way for the one who's coming really quickly behind this, uh, Jesus, who will baptize not just with water, but with fire and the Holy Spirit.
0: One of one of the things I find myself trying to do um, as I prepare sermons is just a way to bring a fresh perspective right. onto the text. I think. Or or like reading the text with an imagination. I I really, I I find myself doing this and I I don't know when I started doing this, maybe always. Um, People might tell you not to do this, but I find myself like trying to channel a particular voice or preacher. Like how would they approach this text? Uh And it's different, it's different voices for different Mm -hmm. passages for me. And Eugene Peterson was a voice that I found myself running to Mm -hmm. with this text Specifically, like, the way that he really brings imagination to the right. text. Like, it's it's a living text um, and an historical text. And so, um, the more I kind of camped out there, it was like, man, what was happening here was a renewal movement. Right. Like, this was like a revival. Like, something was happening um, with this John guy. People are going out to him. The word's spreading. Uh, people are getting baptized. I mean, it was it was significant. Enough so, Enough so that like a Jerusalem council goes, hey, we've got to send diplomats right. out here and see what's going on. Like we're going to send some reps. You yeah, have Pharisees and Sadducees uh, sending people out to go check this dude out. Wow. Something was going on. And so, yeah, that was kind of the angle that I chose uh, to approach this sermon through was just kind of this this lens of, Revival. yeah and i thought it was
1: really helpful i mean essentially asking the question how does revival or you might say renewal happen and you approached it really through three words preparation obstacles and i think fire was fire the third one um and there's so much we can unpack and we don't have enough time to unpack at all because john is a really interesting character and you talked about some really uh, pivotal things for life with jesus so just to, to kind of narrow on some, you, you essentially said that as you see people responding to John's ministry, what they're doing is they're repenting because his message is repent because the kingdom of heaven is near. It has come near. So they're repenting, they're confessing of their sins, and they're being baptized. And 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 you asked, how does revival happen? I think you asked, how how do we prepare the way? for salvation to come. And essentially your 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 phrase was the prerequisites for those things are self-reflection and repentance. W- why is that so? Why why do you think those things are so critical to experiencing renewal
0: with God? Well, I think through self-reflection, really what we're talking about is honesty. Right. Like being honest about ourselves and with ourselves. Um, And I think we spend so much of our time trying to convince ourselves and others of how much better we're doing than we actually are. I mean, think about how much of your life is spent trying to maintain a persona or an image that you're okay. Yeah. Like, you, you know, trying to project. I mean, maybe I'm just exposing myself this morning, but a lot of times in pastoral ministry, You spend all of your time trying to convince your congregants, trying to convince your peers, like, I got this pastor thing kind of figured out. Like, I'm doing okay. Um, When often you're not. You know, often it's like, man, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to counsel this person. I don't, you know. Man, God help us, you know. And so I just think that we spend a lot of our time in life, trying to project yeah. and trying to convince ourselves and others that we're okay. And so what that does is it, it creates um, it creates a lifestyle of, you know, autonomy and independence where we're not actually crying out to God in dependence. Yeah. Saying, God, I, I need you. I'm, I'm worse off than I want to admit. I'm really not okay. Yeah. And so self-reflection brings us to a place of honesty before the Lord. Um, And then repentance is like, man, I don't want to live here. I actually want something better for my life. I need help. I'm not okay. I don't have it all together. I don't have what it takes. I mean, getting to that sort of a place, and we're going to see this repeatedly in Matthew's gospel, especially in the Sermon on the Mount, so I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. But what we're going to see is that the way of Jesus is that um, the humbler in and the self-righteous right are you're actually the way up is down you're actually, that you're actually more okay. more okay when you're not okay than when you think you're okay um and that's, and that's sort of what john's doing he's doing that tilling work that you know he's tilling up the ground in people's lives and saying like hey repent man it's okay to turn around um and admit you're not going in the right direction, and admit you don't have life figured out. Um, come confessing, yeah. and Jesus will meet you there. Like the the one who's coming will meet you in that sort of a place. That's who the kingdom is for, mm-hmm. and so I think that's where renewal starts, w- is with the admission that I don't have my life together, I don't have it all figured out, I don't have all the answers. I need the one who does. Yeah. Um, and John's going; he's coming. He's coming, so go ahead and make do that work now. Uh, repent, because mm-hmm. the kingdom is coming near.
1: Yeah, and essentially the core issue there is pride. You know, right. we could call it a bunch of different things, but it takes humility to be honest before God and honest before others. Right. And that's not easy, and it takes exposing yourself, and those things are all hard. But Scripture is really, really clear on that God is opposed to the proud, not just apathetic towards them, but opposed and so that's not pointing the fingers at others that that can be me, and you just said it can be you. it can be me all the time, like it's it's when my defenses are up, my posturing my performance my my posing is up i mean god's I'm not allowing God to really get through that in that moment it's when i Take those things down and expose everything that's really in my heart. That mean, those are the hearts that God, He gives grace to the humble. Yeah. God opposes the yeah. proud, but He gives grace to the humble. Yeah. So, you know, if that's the case, if if self reflection or honesty, you know, we 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 often around here use Dane Ortland's definition of walking in the light, which is essentially just honesty with God and honesty with others we'll talk a lot about that this semester but if 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 that and repentance are the prerequisites for revival you said the obstacle really the, the major threat to experiencing that is thinking i'm already good presumption Presum- yeah, yeah presuming that i'm already good a- right and kind of the the figures that are representing that that thought in the text are the Pharisees and the Sadducees right they're there and so I think you, which I really appreciate. I think you said they're there auditing what's going on. They're just kind of observing, taking notes, casting judgment on on the ministry that's happening. They're not there to experience the work right. of God that's happening in this place through the ministry of John the Baptist, because they're already good. We're we're children of Abraham. We're the teacher to the law. We're the we're the leaders of the nation. We're good. But we can experience that, right, in subtle ways, in and, and, and explicit ways. So to the person who does think that, and, and, and it can happen to any of us, but we think, you know, I prayed the prayer when I was young. I've gone to church. I tithe. I read my Bible. I'm good. I mean, what's the word to that person
0: here? As followers of Jesus, we're never the rabbi. I think that's part of the issue here with these Pharisees and Sadducees. You can't be a follower of Jesus and be the rabbi. You're always the learner. Mm-hmm. Um, now, one caveat is, you know, I a part of what I hear you asking is, can there be any sort of security? Um, yes. Yes, we can have confidence in the work of Christ. Yeah. And so positionally, we can go, we can know, like, You know, for by grace, you have been saved through faith. Um, This isn't your doing. You didn't do anything to earn it. It's the gift of God. Um, Not as a result of works, but we, you know, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. If there is a heart cry um, that gives, gives way to a vocal cry of Jesus' Lordship in your life. um, You believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So positionally, you can know that you're right with God. Um, but we need to be able to nuance and and distinguish between positional righteousness and progressive righteousness or practical righteousness. Um, this side of heaven, none of us arrive. And so we need to be careful about a heart disposition that begins to think that we're really doing okay. And that we've arrived, um, in our Christian journey. Um, we'll never arrive. And there are new layers, um, of our just flesh and brokenness and sinfulness that the Holy Spirit wants to reveal to us, which is actually the way that we we end up reveling in who Jesus is for us. Yeah. We don't make much of Jesus by belittling our sin or making light of God's holiness. We make much of Jesus by boasting in our sin, mm-hmm. um, being Honest, truly honest about who we are and how much we fail. That's what makes the cross loom large. It's like, man, the work of Jesus for me is greater than I even knew. Um, And that's so important. You think about places in the New Testament like Luke 18 where Jesus tells a parable about a Pharisee and a tax collector He says two men went into the temple one who trusted in himself and looked down on everyone else that's so it that seems so similar to what's happening in this Matthew 3 passage where these Pharisees and Sadducees are watching these sinners confess their sins and get baptized but they're not participating there's sort of this looking down yeah. you know and I mean, what's striking in the parable that Jesus tells is like the Pharisee prays to God. I thank you you. like he's thanking God. He's actually giving God credit. It can sound really spiritual. God, I thank you that you have I'm not like these other. You've done a work in me, God. You've made me different. The greedy, the unrighteous, the adulterers, even this tax collector. God, I thank you that. You're producing these good works in me. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of everything I get. There's actually actually a Godward direction to his self-righteousness. It's subtle. He's giving God credit. But it's so different from the tax collector's cry, which is, God have mercy on me, a sinner. He beat his breast and wouldn't even look up. That's humility. And Jesus says, truly, I tell you, one of these men walked away justified. And it wasn't the the Pharisee. It was the one who looked completely away from himself, who was honest about his condition, and put his faith completely in the righteousness of another, in the faithfulness of God, not in himself. I think we got to be careful there, man. I think that's what we see here in this Matthew 3 Mm -hmm. passage. You can either boast in your self-righteousness, or you can boast in the faithfulness of God. It's grace, man. Mm-hmm. It's grace from beginning to end. That's what John's trying to teach these people. Yeah.
1: And that's really what we're talking about City Life when we're often using the phrase, we never graduate from the gospel. And you know, you, you talked about this, I think, three weeks ago, this idea of going deeper in and further up into the gospel. Yeah. What we're not saying is you get to this place where, Man, I, I and we've talked about this a lot in sermons, like I need God less and less. Man, I'm 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 doing better and better on my own because I'm growing as a Christian and, and now I need God less than I did back then. No, going deeper into the gospel, further up into the gospel is is recognizing as you see God more clearly how far off the mark we were in our sin and are in our sin and our selfishness. And the grace just gets bigger. The cross just gets bigger. And you realize I need him every nanosecond of every day more than I could possibly imagine. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about you never graduate from the gospel here.
0: Yeah, I think we've talked about this before, but like we tend to think of maturity as growing increasingly independent. But in the Christian life, in the way of the kingdom, it's upside down, and so the the way of maturity in Jesus' kingdom is growing increasingly dependent. We need we we learn our need of Jesus more and more. We we don't grow to need him less, we grow to need him more. And so, if your paradigm is to be a mature Christian means I really am able to do this thing on my own more and more. That's just that's broken. Yeah, that's broken. Like. Jesus wants to draw you into further dependence on him, learning to abide more and more in him. Which is so much sweeter. Oh, yeah. So much better.
1: So, you know, as we kind of look back at the text and maybe wind down our time here, you know, John's word to the Pharisees and Sadducees is therefore produce fruit consistent with repentance. What's that what's that mean for us as people who want to be gospel people? What what what's it look like for us to pursue that and not just put our faith in a
0: prayer we prayed twenty years ago? Well to bear fruit in keeping with repentance is I mean, I, I found myself asking this question as I was preparing the sermon. What is the fruit of repentance? And it's what we just talked about. It is honesty. Right. About ourselves, um, it is. I mean, again, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I think it's the first three or four beatitudes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that is fruit in keeping with repentance. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Like it's a poorness of spirit because you're honest about where you are. You know, it's it's a it's a mourning. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. If you're broken over your sin, if you're broken over your spiritual condition. Jesus says that's actually a blessing. Why? Because you're on the path of repentance. Blessed are, Blessed are those who are meek. You're humble. You're not self-righteous. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. You long for righteousness you know that you don't inherently possess. They're the ones who end up getting satisfied. And so the bearing fruit in keeping with repentance is living a lifestyle of repentance. Yeah. You, know, you know, it's never moving past that. Um, Martin Luther, you know, famously starts his 95 Theses with our Lord and Master Jesus Christ and saying, "Repent," intended that the whole life of his believers on earth should be a constant penance or a constant repentance. Like we never move beyond this. Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. I think it's it's a continual humility and honesty with ourselves in and a, and a continual looking to the one that John is promising. There's one coming who's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. He's going to do a work in your heart that you can't even imagine. He's actually going to not only save you from the penalty of sin, but begin to empower you to live a spirit-filled life, empower you to walk um, in obedience to God. But that doesn't come through independence. It comes through... Constant dependency. Yeah. Um, So that's what that's where that's where I go with bearing fruit and keeping with repentance. It's hey, what got you here is what keeps you going. That's a good
1: word. What got you here is what keeps you going, and and we want this for everybody at City Life.
0: And I'll just say, I I know I may have may have been triggering to hear like, man, praying a prayer when you're seven doesn't save you, unless that's followed by change you know um the holy spirit's what changes right you. um the question i think I, I pushed on in the sermon was like question is not have you prayed a prayer or have you been ba- the question is how like have you been baptized by the spirit do you have the holy spirit um a lot of people cra- claim the name of christ the question is like have they received the holy spirit and we're not talking about speaking in tongues or any manifestation like you know like fire above your head like That happened at Pentecost. That's not what we're talking about. Paul in Ephesians 1 says, you also, when you heard the gospel of your salvation and believed, were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. It comes by faith. Faith in Jesus is what leads to you receiving the Holy Spirit. But that does something. Like, that brings real change in you. Um, And so the question is less, like, have you had this past religious experience? The question is presently, do you actively have faith in Jesus? Is The spirit at work in you, um, that's what matters, and I do believe in eternal security. Just so (laughs) we're healing, I don't think you can lose your salvation. I think, um, I think you're kept by Jesus. Um, but I also think that if you've been kept by Jesus, you'll keep yourself in the love of God through you know abiding in Him. Yeah, it's dynamic, and so we got to be careful about this easy believism. Just pray a prayer and you're in, and really press into like, what is the fruit of regeneration, of new birth? So good. And I think the application for
1: us is to start living honestly, honestly with God and honestly with others. And maybe you've never done this before, and that's intimidating the idea. I have never bared my heart before someone else and mm. opened up my junk and said, This is who I really am. This is how I really think. This is how I really act. Um, and it can feel really scary, but I'm telling you, there's no freedom like the gospel freedom that comes with complete honesty with God and others.
0: Well, because you're not justified by maintaining an image. You're saved by grace. It's grace. We stand on grace. And so that frees us to go, man, I'm worse than I want to admit. And Jesus is better than I can dream. Amen. Yeah. And we want that for everyone. So.
1: We hope you'll start living into that, and and we're going to try to live into that even this week as we, our time with our Lord and our time with brothers and sisters. Well, we're excited to dive into Jesus' baptism this Sunday. We hope to see you there. See you next week.
0: If you want to find out more about City Life Church or have any questions about the kinds of things we talked about today, You can head over to citylifechurch.org and fill out a digital connect card. We'd love to reach out and stay in touch with you. Thanks for listening.